Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic Berto Willis out of Kingwood, Texas. Yes, I am here. British MCP, welcome aboard. Neil Leon, welcome aboard. Ashley and is doing. Uh, Ashley is right now. Believe it or not, in uh, she drove to Baltimore. Her mother drove her to Baltimore today to do one of her important exams. So um, for again for for the schooling that she's doing. So uh, thank goodness she's still doing fine. Left side is really kind of you know like you know how that is. Uh, she's still trying to recover strength on the right, right side, left side. But that young lady is a trooper. She is a trooper. Went and spent 10 days with my daughter in Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, we went through a lot. Therapy, all that great stuff that we that we did. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's going to be a slow process. But it's going to be, again, given her stamina, given that she wants to get things done, I am confident that uh, she is going to get it done. And... Um, uh, just let, let me just tell you, every time I tell her, somebody in the audience asked about her, the smile is from one ear to the next ear. So thank you guys, all of you who have constantly asked me, tweeted me, test, uh, text me about Ashley. Thank you so, so, so kindly for the interest in my baby girl. I love, well, you know, I've, I've always loved you guys, but I just love you for showing that human interest because in these times, so often, so often we, forgot, we forget in our political fights that the most important thing really is humanity. And that is fighting for things that not only liberals want or not only progressive wants. Yes, I'm a very progressive guy, but I wish no harm, no ill, no Ill events, no illnesses or onto anybody of any particular ideology. Because I tell you what, when I'm breaking bread with everybody, I, the one thing I, I see when we get away from the indoctrination of this system, this system that tries to keep us fighting against each other, the one thing that I always see within folks is that necessary humanity. And when you get, when you get everybody away from those incidentals, those things that, that, that we fight so hard about, Deep inside, that person many times that you want to hate, that person many times you realize, damn, uh, that's just a scared creature. That is just somebody who has been lied to. That is just somebody who, again, we have to be very careful and not allow, and not allow any of that to uh, occur. So that is what it's all about. That is what it's all about. So thank you guys so kindly for doing all that you've done. Thank you so kindly for your humanity. Thank you so kindly for displaying that interest in my little sweet baby daughter. Anyhow, we got a great show for you today, folks. We have a great show for you today. Let's get busy. Title of the show today. Let me get that on the screen. Title of the show is... Michael Nigro, COVID-19 long hauler, state talks deniers, and more. We also have film director and journalist Mike, well, film director and journalist Michael Nigro, a long hauler talks about COVID-19 deniers and how long uh, deniers and how do we move them to the real world. And the topics that we have videos for today, 
Texas Lieutenant Governor stiffs Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor of $2 million for unexpected voter fraud found. Democratic analyst Karen Finney outlasts a frazzled bully, former GOP Governor Chris Christie. Color of change Heather McGee has a poignant message to the white Trump supporter. And of course, we are we completed with Michael Nigro. Curtis, thank you so kindly, my brother-in-law. Love you guys. Love you too, brother. Love you too. So, folks, thank you all for being here. Let's go ahead and get started with our first video. This, this one is going to be funny, guys. I think you're going to find this kind of cute. Check this out. you got to love John Fetterman. John Fetterman is a lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. And, of course, Dan Patrick is the lieutenant governor of Texas who put up a million dollars and said, if you find voter fraud and report it and we put somebody away for that, we are going to give you some money, a million, up to a million dollars. Well, you know what? John Fetterman did take, take him up on it on Rachel Maddow's show. Why don't you listen to this and then we'll take it on the author side. The president telling tall tales, the president telling porky pies um, about these fantasies of widespread voter fraud. That has not succeeded in actually turning up any voter fraud. But the Republican lieutenant governor of Texas has taken a different approach to this problem. A few days after the election, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick announced that he was ready to pay up to $1 million to anybody who could find evidence of this supposed voter fraud, which the president has been saying cost him the election. This million-dollar prize from the lieutenant governor of Texas was not just for Texans. Offer valid in all 50 states. It said, quote, whistleblowers and tipsters should turn over their evidence to local law enforcement. Anyone who provides information that leads to an arrest and final conviction of voter fraud will be paid a minimum of $25,000. And maybe $1 million. Soon after the Texas lieutenant governor threw that chum into the water, he got a bite. The Democratic lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, responded, said he had taken on the challenge and he had succeeded and he wanted his money. He dug up an instance of voter fraud right in his home state of Pennsylvania. It was maybe not the kind of voter fraud his Texan counterpart was hoping for, but he did try to collect just the same, saying, quote, Hey, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, it's your counterpart in Pennsylvania. I'd like to collect your handsome reward for Lieutenant Governor Fetterman said he was willing to accept his payment from Texas. Uh, So far, not a peep from Austin, though. Joining us now uh, is John Fetterman, the Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. Mr. Fetterman, let me ask you first about, have you actually heard anything from him since you tried to claim the reward? No, my my dude owes me at least $2 million. We had two instances of voter fraud in Pennsylvania that involved Republicans having relatives vote for Donald Trump. One living, one dead. We had a dead mom try to vote uh, in Luzerne County. And then we had a Republican father who voted for Trump in Chester County and then left about half an hour later. He came back wearing sunglasses and he tried to vote for his son, who was a Democrat. So, I mean, this wasn't the best and brightest. But in terms of, you know, Lieutenant Governor Patrick owing me, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I'm still waiting for those $2 million in Sheets gift cards. But uh, so far, uh, actually, the the Lieutenant Governor did reach out to me on Twitter and he got dragged all over again for, for not paying up. Ask yourself this question. Uh, if Donald Trump got a whole lot more votes this time than the last time, I don't know, probably 8 million more or whatever million more, okay? I suppose it was that progressives were the ones that are asking, where did all those votes come from? 
uh, was there voter fraud? But as it turns out, no, all the voter frauds that we've found thus far have been voter frauds on the Republican side. North Carolina a couple years ago, Republicans doing machinations with the votes. Continuously, whenever we find issues, it's on Republican side. So just maybe those folks that are constantly calling fraud, fraud, fraud. Maybe you never, you ever heard that word projection? Maybe they're projecting. Now that we found the fraud and nobody wants to pay up, maybe it's just projecting. Hey, John Fetterman, love you, guy. Keep up. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about that, man. They constantly voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud. And anytime we find it, every time we found it, it's somehow a Republican trying to do some sort of fraudulent thing in an election. And I, in the blog that I accompanied with this, I pointed to the North Carolina where this guy was actually just getting tagging along a whole lot of votes and getting people to just sign and take it in. It's crazy. It's really projection. And what's sad about it is that, number one, we don't have the, the, Republican, the, the Republicans that are supposedly good Republicans. We don't have them out there saying, look, let's drop this because we know there was no voter fraud. And we know whenever you look for voter fraud, it's usually Republicans that got caught. Chill, please, chill, please. But they don't do that. But the other people that I'm starting to want to blame are our leading Democratic allies, right? They need to be out there saying, voter fraud, that is projection. Remember, every time we have found voter fraud, it's always on the Republican side. Look at all the people that have gone to jail. It's on the Republican side. Look at the people who do the robocalls to try to tell other people not to go to vote. Look at the people who goes ahead, go ahead and do robocalls and, or send mail to tell people the, the, mail, the date of the election is a day after or a day before. Look, I mean, all these shenanigans are always linked back. There are many Republicans in jail right now doing these things. And what irks me is we are talking about it right now, but you don't hear a lot of the Democrats. You know, we always talk about Democrats coming to a, a, a gunfight or a gunfight with a knife. That is what I'm talking about. Right now, these guys, uh, these guys are de Democrats voter fraud and Democrats are, no, we didn't commit voter fraud. And since we know we didn't commit voter fraud, ah, we don't care. They don't understand this kind of fight requires otherwise. It means, no, we did not commit voter fraud, but your party, because it can never garner a majority of people given its constitution, its constituents, are always, are always invoking some sort of voter fraud or messing with the electorate to try to get them not to vote. These are the things that we need to be pushing out there. We need to be telling the story, not only saying, no, we didn't do it. Yeah, we know we didn't do it, but it's more than not doing it. So that is one of the things that we have to go into. Anyhow, the next piece that I want to uh, play you is um, about uh, Democratic Karen. You know, uh, I, I like Karen Finney because finally somebody is really pushing back on like uh, the bully, Chris Christie. And I think she did a very good job of it yesterday. Check it out. Chris Christie is no different. Governor, former gov GOP governor Chris Christie in New Jersey is no different than all the Republican hacks out there. It's those politicians that are there misleading their pew, those politicians that are there trying to make them believe that, oh, somehow Donald Trump has a possibility or somehow that Donald Trump wasn't the creep that he was. And you know what? It is high time for Democrats to really hit these guys 
back with their misrepresentations and how they are. Karen Finney, Democratic analyst today, that is exactly what she did. And in these cuts that I did here, you see a pushback on these panels that you normally don't see. Let's listen to Karen and then take it on the other side. He's literally trying to throw out votes to subvert the will of the people. Our country is based on a constitution and the belief that power comes from the people, the people who voted for Joe Biden. Donald Trump operates on the belief that power comes from him. And Republicans are going to have to decide. The Republican Party and my my our colleague Chris Christie is going to have to decide. Are you going to follow this person continuously who believes that his power is the power that rules, or are you going to say, we've got to get down to the business of taking care of the American people? 12 million people have COVID, and this president wants to golf and tweet falsities and lies. We need to move forward, and I just think it's important that we acknowledge how serious this situation is, how dangerous this is. I don't need to be lectured by Karen Finney about doing the right thing. On election night, on election night, after the president spoke, I said, you either present the facts or you can't make the charge. Around, I am not trying um, to words like that. And that's what I'm... And by the way, and that makes, and by the way, and that is what makes this atmosphere so poisonous. Do you disagree that it is what dangerous they should to do, this country what, what they should do, what they should do, what they should do. I don't need to be lectured by you, Karen. What we this need isn't to about do being lectured by right me. Thing. This is about doing every, the right thing. Every, I was trying to acknowledge election, that you I said the right thing and questioning every, what your party is going every to do United, But if you want every to take United it out on me, that's fine. Every United States I love it. She said what she wanted to say. She expressed what he was doing and she got it out. And the fact of the matter, unlike in the past where they let him say what he had to say and then nobody went ahead and did the necessary analysis, that is exactly what she did. And she said, or is your party going to step up? Oh, you're saying the right things right now, Governor Christie, but is your party going to step up and say that what Donald Trump is doing is destroying democracy by his act by simply putting it out there that he doesn't care that he lost by a huge amount, that this was a landslide election for Joe Biden. He doesn't care. He wants power, and he wants to hold it. Good job, Karen. And it is high time for all the men as well to hit these guys back. I see all the women doing it. It's time for the men to do their job. You know what is funny? I, I keep, I'm still using the word landslide election, right? Uh, given that the way the votes were counted, I was a bit concerned earlier on because uh, when the vote, even I should have known better, right? But I, you know, you know when your visuals get to you. And I kept on saying, okay, it wasn't a landslide, but we still won, right? But the, the truth of the matter is the election was a landslide. And luckily for, for uh, the Democrats, they really brought out a hell of a lot of people. But what? But on. But Trump as well brought out a lot of people. Said, "Where the hell did these people come from? Can America have that many people that allow themselves to be taken in by Trump?" If you don't, if if you don't go with conspiracy theories, etc., you'll say yes. They have about a good six, you know, a good fifty something, sixty percent of the white population, and almost nothing of the rest. But given that the white population is so large, that is why you get. Uh, that is why Trump can still be competitive, not win, but still be competitive. But even with that maximized 
output that he had, with that maximized output, it is still a good landslide. But let me let me let me let me say one thing. Michael says Egberto election results 79.873. Far as I'm concerned, landslide is over 60%. Not in the way uh, elections are run today. I, I couldn't consider that. But let me let me give one other caveat here. Suppose we were we, we were conspiracy theorists. We could say, where did those people come from? Where did those people come from? It's, by the end of it, it's going to be between 6 and 7 million people that, that makes a difference. And that's a lot, a lot, a lot of people, right? And a lot of people say, where did those people come from? Well, uh, they came from, they came from uh, the misrepresentation by Donald Trump and his people, something that, that we need to learn for the next election. The reason why, because when they're done counting the amount of votes inside of the Congress, you know, we, 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 Congress got shrunk. The, uh, but when they look at the counts, they're going to see a lot more people voted for Democrats in both the Senate and Congress. And still, Congress is going to have lost votes and, I mean, lost members, lose members, and the Senate is probably going to be sort of iffy. But here's the deal. That is what gerrymandering does. And the problem is we did very little to overcome gerrymandering this time around. So we are going to have to overperform for the foreseeable future. We're just going to have to overperform for the foreseeable future. Anyhow, this other video, I'll let it speak for itself. And then we'll move on uh, from there. Even with a Trump loss, the news at large is still Donald Trump. Donald Trump just won't give in. And why is it Donald Trump doesn't feel the necessity to give in? Because he has his posse. Over 70 million people that still believe in him because they believe what he says. Uh, and then over the weekend, I was listening to one of the MSNBC shows and there was Heather McGee. Why are these people listening to him? And she hit the nail on the head. Check this out, and then let's take it on the other side. I was just going to say, Jonathan is so right there. And let's be very clear why we could get to a 77% of Donald Trump voters um, who believe this lie. Um, first of all, it's because of nearly a decade of Republican uh, donors, uh, litigators, lawsuits, think tanks trying to undermine voter protections with this lie about voter fraud, right? Donald Trump was not the first one. He doesn't have a new idea in his head. It came from the right wing. And we, was, we saw it sort of move and try to um, substantiate claims that we need to have a photo ID requirement as if people are going to risk um, risk, you know, risk going to jail to, to vote twice in an election where it's very difficult to get people, um, you know, to have the kinds of things that they need to be able to vote. Second of all, this is clearly about race. Like, I, I want to be very clear. In the white imagination, there is a very quick uh, transition from you know, you see a person of color and you think criminal. And that's not because of something, you know, that happens in the white mind by itself, right? That's something that has been a story that has been sold over generations in this country and is hammered in nightly rhetoric on, you know, Fox News and in the right-wing media, right? So the idea that a, a, a citizen would do something illegal by casting a ballot only can travel. That idea can only travel in grooves that have already been laid out by racism. 
So that's why the majority of white voters who support Donald Trump think that, sure, people in Detroit, they must be criminal. They're black. They could do something un something illegal by voting as American citizens. And that's the thing we have to tackle. And I love the way she said the message. The message, she, she points out that these are all learned behaviors and calculations in the way they put it out. You know, I, I, she was sort of, she, she, I don't think she was complete in one particular area. She said, you know, uh, the right wing puts out the messages that people are color or, act or, or criminals or, or that sort of thing. But I, I, I am a bit more, uh, I, I think it's much stronger than that. I think you watch the, the local news every day. And the local news, you have a preponderance of people of color committing crimes. And is that the truth? Is that that, uh, that that is what merits the number of crimes you see on your daily news? You know, a friend of mine, uh, a long time ago, uh, got into some issues. And they found out something interesting. They got himself a good lawyer. And when they went into that probation area, that second chance area... That part of society that never makes it on TV to say, I stabbed my wife, I choked my wife, I did something wrong. It never shows up on TV. But all those people were there. They were there. And they didn't look like him or others. They didn't look like the other. They didn't look like people of color. But they were never on TV. Nobody characterized those people with the crime. You know, humanity, humanity is humanity. Humans, believe it or not, Irrespective of all those, those notions that are placed in you indirectly, subliminally, through the TV networks, etc. That's not the real world. Humanity is all the same. Now, Heather also talks about why would somebody who uh, vote risk their life? Why would an, an, an undocumented person risk voting? When they know that that would be one entry for them to be found. Why would an undocumented person who eventually wants citizenship put their name in there where they can ultimately be found at that point looking for citizenship? Why would anybody commit voter, voter fraud knowing the dangers that it has? The only people that do that are those who have an ulterior motive and absolutely know they have to. And you know who that tends to be, especially since they no longer can win the popular vote? Republican politicians. That is what we found. That is what's been documented. So, folks, Heather McGee had a very important message. And she claimed it is how the white mind was formed to see people of color, specifically the Trump voter. But others as well. And I think she did it. Just perfectly. Okay, folks, I want to address, before I go into our interview today, I want to address uh, Lee Grant because Lee Grant said two things. Lee Grant says the woman is a racist, and he also says, How does she know how white thinks? She's not white. I love that you said that. That is so important what you've said there, Lee Grant. Let me go ahead and ask people to uh, support the show, and then I'm going to come back and answer that, and then we'll go into the video. And if somebody wants to call in and talk about that, I'll do it before the video. Uh, you know the number. Let me go ahead and put it on the screen, and then you guys can call. If anybody wants to actually say something about that first, before I say something about what Brother Lee Grant had to say, you can always call. I just put the Zoom stuff in there. The telephone number is 346-248-7799. 
And the ID code is 254-600-9091. Anyhow, folks, uh, you see that book on the screen. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Uh, it's a good book. The reviews are very good. And one of the reasons I can answer uh, Brother Lee Grant is because I can tell him why I know how just about all of us of different hues speak. Because one of the things I make sure to do is talk to everybody, empathize with everybody, break bread with everybody, and show people that we can all get along if we drop our walls. And many of people who we sit down and talk for hours eventually drop walls. I remember a guy told me something one time, and it was something kind of harsh, something that he believed. I'm not going to repeat it on air. And then uh, he forgot that he was talking to a black Caribbean Latino dude when he made the statement. And he got, he turned red and he grabbed his head and, oh, I'm so sorry, Egberto, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, brother, that is how we grow. That was the conversation I wanted out of you. I wanted to see your inner being. I wanted you to see my inner being. Because that is how we can move forward. If we can really, really talk with you not having to be scared to say what you're really feeling because of how you think it's going to affect me. If it's done in the modal that you want to learn or you, that we want to learn, that we want to improve ourselves, then it doesn't matter because we were all conditioned. We were all conditioned by a plutocracy who split us up to make sure that they can stay in power. But anyhow, folks, that book, it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Uh, you can get it at Amazon. And I'm putting the link in the feed right now. That's the link in the feed. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to cut out the middleman and you want to say, you know what, Egberto, let's cut out the middleman and let's go directly to you, you can just go and purchase it at our store, which is politicsdoneright.com slash store and I'm putting that in there as well politicsdoneright.com slash store is the other place that you can get the book and all my books as I see it class warfare all that good stuff those books and stuff are, are, are there uh, by the way those of you who are on YouTube you can help support the show by hitting that dollar sign and giving us a super chat if you'd like or please uh, what I want is I want a whole lot of people for very little to click on that join button, the join button, and become a part of our YouTube posse. If you're not on, if you're not on YouTube, there's the join button is what I'm going to put here. It's politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You click on that, you can join our YouTube posse, of course. For those of you, I'd love uh, some of you to become patrons. That is the one that's a bit more. But, I mean, you, you help us out a whole lot more with Patreon as well. Go to politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Uh, and, all, of course, everybody takes PayPal. And that is politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Okay, let's go back to uh, brother, brother Lee, Lee, Lee Grant. Uh, Lee. No, uh, Heather McGee, I know her. Heather McGee is not a racist at all. In fact, in fact, actually, I think Heather McGee is married to a white guy. So, I mean, no, you, you know, it, it, you can't go away just because you talk about race or something like that, assume that somebody's racist, right? And the thing about it is, I know I have a whole lot of racist friends as well. And they are friends because I. I have taken out racism from people's humanity, right? I have separated people's racism from their humanity. Why and how? I understand. What I preach is that we have a plutocracy. 
those who run this country, right? Uh, those who run this country depend. Oh, great, the duck that quacks. Send me a picture with it so I can put it on the website, uh, the duck that quacks. I want to see you with your T-shirt on. But anyhow, I, 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 I understand. The people who run this country, the people who run this world, they, it's a very small minority. They cannot usurp the power of the majority unless they create conflicts between the majorities so that they fight among each other and then they look like the saviors. Here's what I find funny, right? I'm going to get out, get out of the United States and go to the, the Middle East for a minute. You have the Palestinians and you have the, the, the Israelis and you have all these different factions, right? They're all fighting each other. They're all fighting each other. Yes, send, send me a picture with your mask to bridge so I can put it online. I want, all, I want to take some of these pictures and put it online. Anyhow, so here we go. You have all these factions around the world fighting each other, right? Funny that some of them are cousins. But you know what you have the you know what the commonality is? They are all supplied by the arms industry that we run. So you see them run, using AKA AR15s and for the Palestinians the and all these guys are using the same weapons. All these weapons made by the West, Brazil, America, uh, France, all these guys make the weapons that all these guys fight in each other by. So it is in the interest of the plutocracy that we keep all that dissension. It doesn't, it, there's no difference here in the United States. We cannot have a society where all of us sit down and say, we sit down and break bread and say, you know, race is a stupid thing. It doesn't really exist. That, that my pigmentation is different than yours doesn't exist. And that is sort of what uh, uh, Heather McGee was telling you, uh, Lee Grant. Heather McGee wasn't trying to say, I am somehow white by knowing the white mind. I could have said the same thing she said. Just like you could have said if you went ahead and made the effort to break bread with a lot of black people in a lot of different parts of, of America and the world. You would have been able to say, well, you know, black Latinos have a tendency to do this. Black Caribbeans have a tendency to think this kind of stuff because of that. Black Americans have a tendency to think X, Y, Z because of these structures, etc. And that would be, yes, you understand the black mind. You don't have to be black to understand the black mind. And when I say, when I say black mind, I mean the condition that blacks have been under gives you the opportunity to understand the mindset. And that happens with white people too, right? I can actually go ahead and say, I understand my white brothers and sisters and the fears that they have. If I, and that's the reason why when I say I have racist friends, I understand why they, are, why they were made racist. They were told a story. And if you listen to what Heather McGee said, she said they were told a story. They were made to believe that. Now, the white progressive that are really white progressive, because there are a lot of white progressives that are just as bad as the, the, the right-wing uh, right folks. And by the way, and there are a lot of right-wing folks that are damn good people. Let me tell you, if you read my book about uh, that, I, th th what I talk about in, in my book, I talk a lot about, um, you know, uh, progressives putting a big shirt on and thinking we are the better people because we understand X, Y, Z and we are... No, 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 no. 
the soul. It doesn't matter if you got a right-wing soul or a left-wing soul, if you got a soul where you care about humanity. Even after you talk about ideology, you break down and you start to say, oh, no, but I want to help folks. And that's, by the way, that's the way it used to be. But anyhow, so you can actually say those things, Lee Grant. And I, and I hope you're, you're, you're absorbing what I'm saying, brother. Because Heather, what she says, what she said is actually true. Uh, go to my egbertowillies.com and please listen to what she had to say again. And try to listen to it, please. I ask you so kindly. Listen to it in the context she was saying it. She was not trying to put down anybody. She was actually giving these folks an out. An out for being wrong. An out for being gullible. An out for all these different things is what she was doing. And I thought at the end, that's why I said, I thought she did an admirable job of that. Now, Lee, so check that out again, and then let's talk about it. But for now, let's go ahead and get busy with brother Michael Nigro, because as you know, uh, the coronavirus, a lot of people on the right somehow don't get it. They don't understand long haulers. Uh, Yesterday, 60 Minute had a great piece on it. And here we go with Michael Nigro, who has actually or is actually living this up. But beforehand, John Cotter, how you doing, my brother? Great to see you. Lee Grant, welcome. Uh, Michael Rudnan, you're a bit late today. Uh, Bridge MCP, uh, welcome. Jacoby G, como estas? The duck that quacks. Just love that name. Thank you. Uh, let's see who else is here. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Daniel Ledo, how you doing, sir? Uh, brother, you'd hate when I say that, but I'm almost, I just want to nag you, bro. Uh, let's see, uh, because he doesn't want to like me. Daniel Ledo doesn't want to like me he, because I'm that lefty son of a gun. Val Hansnuff, Tank 28, welcome. Uh, let's see who else is here. Christine Park, uh, welcome aboard. Press Elect Tank. <laughs> Mary Doerr, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. Christine, I think I got Christine Park already. I, I forgot you just drop a line underneath there and I will acknowledge you. Uh, I think I got everybody now. Oh, Leon, uh, Neil, Leon, welcome aboard. And let me see those last few messages. Uh, oh, a t-shirt, got a mask, need a t-shirt. Yes, you need a t-shirt. Go to the, 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 um, the, como se llama? Go to the YouTube and click on that T-shirt. You can get this one. This one is really nice. It has a little logo right here and then the I support independent Mia. We have a few others as well. Anyhow, let's see what else. Everybody listening, go get a T-shirt. Help out politics done right. Okay, let's go ahead and listen to El Señor Nigro. Uh, Lynn, Lynn G- how do I say that? Lynn Giluli, thank you so kindly for being here. So folks, before I go, don't forget, click that join button, become a part of the posse. Here we go with El Señor Michael Nigro. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis. Today we are honored once again to have Michael Nigro, is, who is an award-winning filmmaker, six times Emmy-nominated writer, director, and multimedia journalist based in Brooklyn, New York. His penchant for breaking news and social justice movements has put him in the forefront of some of the most crucial of our times, including crucial stories of our time, including Occupy Wall Street, Standing Rock, the 2016 presidential election, Charlottesville, covering the immigration crisis in multiple locations in Mexico, where he's also received some stuff on, the Yellow Vest movement in France, the ongoing protests in Hong Kong, to name a few. His work has been featured in the New York Times, The Guardian, Vice, Intercept, NPR, 
Time, Rolling Stone, Newsweek, among others. He's a frequent contributor to Truthdig and a front, or former frontline correspondent for BuzzFeed News. Michael Nigro, welcome to Politics Done Right. That is a hell of an introduction. Thank you, sir. Well, I mean, it's warranted. If, if, if it didn't happen, it wouldn't be there, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But, but you know, you. It, is, it is great having you. But, uh, you know, this we do a lot of politics, but I want to take this more as a human story, a story to instruct folks, a story to encourage folks, a story to tell folks, look, this is what's really happening in America today. And don't listen to the quacks out there that, are, that have ulterior motives. Listen to those who are going through it. Michael, you have, uh, you developed uh, uh, coronavirus earlier this year. You got COVID-19 earlier this year, and you thought you were recovered. And I saw a posting that you had on Twitter, and I said, Michael's story, we got to keep telling these stories because you have the mass media telling everybody it's going to be okay. Things are just great. Uh, some talk about herd immunity, meaning that, oh, you get sick, you get over it, and everything is okay. Um, but there are these people called the long haulers, and it turns out you just may be one of them. So why don't you tell us, uh, first of all, your story of getting the disease, your story of recovery, and what you're going through right now? Uh, I am, unfortunately, in that category of a long hauler. And I developed the coronavirus in March, way back in March. It, and it, to even think back, I, like I have this pre-corona and post-corona. <laughs> it's time is very strange to me now. When I went through my quarantine, um, it was a prolonged quarantine because I just never felt better, but then I, I wasn't positive. Um, and I figured I'd get better. My background as a distance runner uh, marathoner and then eventually into cycling. And um, before coronavirus, I was training for a hundred mile ride. And so I was in good shape and I've been an endurance athlete all my life. However, I just wasn't getting better. And I went through a series of doctors, um, virtual doctor calls and months went by and I couldn't go up the stairs without feeling like I had just run a PR mile. Um, I'd pick up cat poop <laughs> from my, and clean the glitter box and I'm out of breath. And I just kept going to these doctors and they just had no idea. One doctor in particular, after just all this frustration, I had finally said to me, look, we've, I've kind of moved on. You need to get into this study at Mount Sinai and I'm gonna to try to get you into it. There's a waiting list. Now the waiting list is thousands of people, but I was lucky enough to get into it last August and they're running me through a battery of tests, everything from PET scans, MRIs, uh, pulmonary, heart, brain, uh, the things that long haulers are going through. And what long haulers are going through, it varies. Um, some people just have constant fatigue, others have crippling headaches, other people have tingling in their hands, Others cannot uh, catch their breath. Um, there's still loss of taste, loss of smell. Uh, that kind of comes and goes. In fact, that happened to me about three months ago. I took a sip of wine and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> My wife was like, this is really good wine. <laughs> uh, and it turned out that, that um, certain foods were starting to taste like gasoline. 
Oh. That uh, that has waned, um, but you know my what I do uh, for a living, which is I'm a photographer and I cover uh, protests and protest movements and um, in actions, and it's been a way of how um, long haulers need to partition their time, because when you exert yourself as a long hauler, sometimes your body just shuts down. And when I was in Portland, um, I did try to go out and cover the Portland protests um, in uh, uh, September, uh, in October, mm-hmm. uh, September, I'm sorry. And um, I knew that I couldn't be out there all day. Um, I went to the Proud Boys rally that they had and I needed to really just partition my time. Unlike when I was at Standing Rock where I would be out there for 24 hours. Unlike when I was doing Occupy Wall Street where I'd be out all night. Unlike when I was at the Yellow Vest, when you, you go out and you just shoot because you need to document these things and then you go home and you file reports. I just didn't have that. And, and what I mean by when my body shuts down, it's not like, oh, just plow through it like you would if you were in a marathon. I mean, your body shuts down and my legs just would feel, uh, I couldn't support my weight. And uh, my breathing was so labored that um, uh, I would just have to kind of sit and take a moment. But these are things that the people at Mount Sinai are uh, trying to figure out what is going on with long haulers. Why do relatively uh, people that really fall into a category of 20 to 40 years old um, have these uh, ongoing symptoms? And these are people who were in really good shape. They were all athletes. They weren't intubated. They weren't in the hospitalized, but it lingers. And I fall into that category. Um, and it's, it's, I wanted to go public with this. And I think this is why you ran across my postings, which is I'm around people who still uh, think it's theoretical, that think it's a hoax and they're behaving. Uh, and it's, it's, they're just coming up with different theories of why this isn't real, why masks don't work. And it's infuriating. Um, I understand people's feelings of freedom. I want my freedom and you're taking away my freedom. I get that, but you can still be a decent person when, you, when you're talking in that way. You don't have to be, I don't even know if I can swear on this show. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't have to be an asshole about it. You can have your freedom and still be a good person. And I think this is what I am experiencing now is this kind of rugged individualism that is running rampant throughout our country where it's like, I can do what I wanna do because I have the freedom to do it. I can go out and buy all the toilet paper because I can. You know what, what about the social contract that we have for each other, the unwritten one, where I think we really need to lean on each other in these times now. And that's why I came forward. I need people to know this story and that people are really suffering. That is an important story. I mean, there's another, there's a New York uh, Times columnist, I think her name is Mara Gay as well. She was a runner like you are and she got the virus and it turns out that uh, uh, she may be a long hauler. I see her on TV all of the times and she just isn't the Mara Gay of past. And uh, I have a cousin who is a was a detective in New York. He got the virus as well. He has uh, several or, uh, multi-organ damage. And uh, so, uh, so, I mean, what we're looking at is, is serious. Some people seem to get it and not know that they 
had it before or whatever, but there are some studies out there as well that points out that even those that are asymptomatic and think they went through things perfectly, many of them, when you do scans on their lungs or other organs, they have sustained damage. They are just young and healthy, and that damage isn't quite yet seen in, you know, seen uh, until they, it will show as they get older. And of course, you know, with a lousy healthcare system, those will be pre-existing conditions once they find out, oh, you once had COVID. So sorry, pre-existing condition. Now, um, I think it's also important for us. You, you made something, a statement there about this rugged individualism that we're talking about. And I think it's a manufactured rugged individualism by a few irresponsible people on the top. That is my view, as well, at least. Because what I think is, I talk to people on the left, on the right, in anarchists and otherwise. And you know what I found? that People all care. People, when, they, when, they're, when they're within their own frame, it seems to me that they care. But what happens is they, they get these cues from the outside. Somebody... Uh, Michael is trying to take away your freedom by suggesting you wear a mask. And whereas they would have worn that mask if they thought they were doing something just right, somebody has cued them that somehow wearing a mask is against freedom. Somehow this disease is a hoax. I, and, and I think that is why your story, I think that is why you did the right thing for saying I'm a well-known photographer, uh, social media activist, activist in general. I need to tell my story because when it's real, that is when people start to take it seriously, not when it's just a, a phantom. I think you and I talked about this last time I was on, which is, as a journalist, you don't want to be the story. Yes. And... Um, I talk about this with a lot of my photography friends where all of a sudden you have to step out in front and become the story. And I eschewed it for so long with this. I've been in other situations where, yeah, I was, I was the story. And why? Because I put myself in those situations, Charlottesville being one of them. Um, and um, I needed to tell that story of what happened to me there. This is um, uh, uh, just something that I, it just was boiling inside of me simply because I have friends and family and acquaintances who have gone down these rabbit holes that refuse to believe reality and will deny it until it, I mean, it's, it's frankly, it's just foolish. Um, people who will tell me outright that masks don't work and they, they give, you know, these cherry picked pieces of information and I'm like, like, how do you address this? I, in one piece I wrote, I don't know if you're familiar with Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but there's this famous scene where there's a black knight and they fight. And this knight just keeps getting one limb chopped off, another limb chopped off until he's just a, a torso. And he's like, nope, it's just a flesh wound. And he's sitting there <laughs> and he's just denying reality that he just lost, that he's going to die. And he just goes, okay, we'll just call it a draw. That is the way I feel. When I talk to the people who are just denying what is blatantly in front of them and people who know me um, that uh, are denying the, what my experience and thousands of other people, 12 million Americans have this and they're denying it. We're not calling it a draw. We're calling that this is reality and they're just denying it. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, sometimes you would say things like, well, maybe if it happens to them, they will see the light. And it turns out that I, on, in, in the news recently, this doctor was saying he had a patient 
that was on his last breath. Astonishing. And he was still calling the virus a hoax. And, you know, when I see that, I, it's, it's not that I, I am, I'm saying they're, yes, they're devoid of reality. But also, I think they're devoid of having people who they find that in their trust circle to really say, no, this is wrong. And that's why I think more people in many different areas need to come out like you have and others have to come out and really say, this is what's happening to me. Because it may not work immediately, but it plants seeds. And, and I'm, just from experience, I've seen so many seeds planted that just when the right notes hit, it is like it reaches that natural frequency in engineering. We call, you know, that point of a bridge that it, it destroys itself from undulation, you know, when it reaches that natural frequency, something starts to break. And I think, I think eventually, uh, I can only hope that eventually we get there. Your thoughts on that? I hope so. I think of what um, the writer and activist Chris Hedges oh. talks about, which is, you know, when the real world doesn't work for people, they devolve and they go into, into yes. make-believe worlds. And some of it's drugs, some of it's um, uh, uh, yoga, some of it's religion, where they, they go into these fantasy worlds because the real world's not working for them. And I think that's what we have here. And what I also feel is that it's, it's somewhat of like people going down these, these, these conspiracy theories, these rabbit holes, where it's like a Ponzi scheme. It's just a reverse Ponzi scheme where they create a, a, a community for themselves with anti-intellectual or just cherry-picked information. And they all gather around that cherry pick piece of information and they all pile on and they, all of a sudden they have a community where they all believe this one thing, which may only be partially true or not true or just bizarre, but they've created a community where that world works for them. And that's the danger of this is that they're not coming out, they're not expanding or even researching further. Things that are actually really easy to dismiss they won't go there. Love Chris Hedges. Uh, a lot of his work recently has been pretty damn dark. But I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> pretty dark. And, and, and that stuff about the real world isn't working for you. So, you, you know, you live within the fantasy world. That makes a whole lot of sense. But you know what? Uh, the people who are running those fantasy worlds know one thing that those people who are following them are suckers. It's like Donald Trump knowing that he's lost the election, but he's going to collect a lot of money by writing that contract in such a manner that all the money that he collects goes directly into his pocket and a little bit to the RNC. Uh, it goes also, I don't know if you follow the QAnon um, stuff, but the QAnon is a, I call him a young punk who's making a hell of a lot of money right now. Uh, yeah. With that whole movement, uh, if you go to if, if you go to their their site, the first thing it brings you into is buying their stuff to make a whole lot of money of their stuff, and it is amazing that uh, you know. So I, I mean, until until we kind of cut the head off the the snake, if you will, and show it for what it is, I think uh, we're in for some. But I'm still hopeful that uh, most Americans ultimately this fantasy land that they live in that we can make a better real world for them that they may want to exit it so i mean uh give me give me some uh, uh some closing thoughts about uh, well before i get into closing thoughts 
what have you been able to do in the last few months with your with your projects? So um, there's so much going on. And leading up to the election was um, like I could have gone out every night and I would have. Um, but I had to pick and choose mm -hmm. just due to my energy levels. And what happens with energy levels with this is somebody described it as if you're a long hauler, you get four cups of energy a day. <laughs> and, and sometimes they're not even all the way full. Right. So you have to figure out like, okay, do I read? Do I go for a walk? Can I, can, can, should I go shopping? Cause you just, all of a sudden you, uh, and then you can go into negative which has happened to me before where I've exerted myself way too much and the next day I can't move. So uh, in response to what I've been doing, I've been following a lot of um, some of the police brutality that has been still happening here in New York. Um, though, and of course I was following a number of these uh, caravan, these Trump caravans. Mm -hmm. when, you, when, when I bifurcate between the Black Lives Matter um, protest 99% of them are masked. I would say 99% of them are masked. Yeah. And I go to the Trump ones, 99% of them aren't masked. Unmasked, now. yeah. And, you know, so I, one, well, my family member, my was like, she's like, masks don't work. And I'm like, well, of course they're not working. Half the population's not wearing them. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Like, but anyway, so I've been, I've been trying to follow those and document those, um, those marches and then those counter protests. And, um, and also the police brutality that is still going on. They now have a new bike um, division and it's terrifying. They are all geared out with BMX gear and it makes them feel invincible. They use these bikes, they swing them around as, as, as weapons. And it's basically, it's basically a cage, it's a rolling cage for the protest. And if, they, if someone gets tangled up on that bike, they're, they immediately are surrounded by the bikes and then they are tackled and arrested because uh, they were resisting arrest or interfering with police activity. Wow. Yep. Yep. So. So you still, you still, you still going out there in the field and getting your stuff done. Trying. Yeah. I, I, it actually makes me feel useful and makes me, gives me a, a feeling of positivity. Which are I you feel, go ahead. Sorry. Are you posting with any of the majors right now? Or are you just doing that doing your thing? No, I file uh, right now. I'm filing with SEPA USA, and so uh -huh. they, they put it out to AP and uh, Getty, and and so I'm able to get my my work out. And then I have a new website that I just put up, which is nigrotime.com. Okay, so I'll add that to so nigrotime.com is up live and ready to go. Uh, live, ready to go, and trying to keep it updated. So yeah, I, I hear you. But okay, what 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 should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? <sighs> Well, it's a question I can't answer, which is like, where do we go from here? You know, how do we stay positive? How do we not get so angry? And frankly, Alberto, this is why I, I was getting so angry. I needed an outlet. I need, I, I, I was, I was just stewing at home with this stuff and I needed to put it out there and try to put out something positive. The first draft of what I wrote was just brutal. <laughs> and I had my editor wife look at it and she goes, you can't, this is <laughs> angry and i'm like well i am angry i'm really angry but um i think there's a way to position it and bring people into the fold and create these conversations i was shocked people didn't know what a long hauler what a long hauler was shocked and i mean this has been going on for eight months and um we don't know so i just think to continue to keep the conversation going
I don't know where to go because I don't know how to begin these conversations with these deniers. It's really difficult. I will listen to them and try to steer them in the right direction. But when you are down a rabbit hole, um, it's like Bugs Bunny is your best friend. I don't, I don't even know how to, how to well, have a conversation. I have a lot of patience, so I, I hang and I, I try to talk to them, and that's what I do. Um, look, Michael Nigro, it's been my pleasure to have you on the program once again. I think you're an asset not only to the movement, but an asset to this new, I'm going to call it our long hauler movement, getting that exposed out there. It is so important. Thank you for doing what you've done. And without further ado, you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. Uh, he has a story to tell. Anyhow, thank you, Lynn Giluli. Lynn Giluli gave a super chat. Anybody else want to join her with a super chat? And also, folks, don't forget, if you're on now and you click that join button and become a part of our posse, I'll salute you right now. If you do it in the next couple of minutes, I'll salute you right now. Just click on that join button and become a part of the posse. And don't forget, you can go ahead and get our new book. That new book on the screen is worth it. How to talk to your right wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. It works. And with something I think we have to do, we have to be humane with everybody and find a way to communicate. To communicate. If you are not on YouTube right now, here is the link for you to go ahead and do that stuff on YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. And of course, uh, page, uh, Patreon or rather PayPal is always here, politicsdoneright. Your store isn't working on YouTube, really. I'll have to check that out. But um, YouTube is its own store that they, they aggregate for us. And then we also have the rest. I'll check that later. Anyhow, folks, uh, thank you. Uh, Let's see, great show today, E.W. Conquidao, amigo. Jacoby G., thank you for the kudos, my brother. Thank you for the kudos. Uh, let's see what else is here. Um, I try the store again. It should the, the store should work. Let me go ahead and uh, pull that up real quick and see if I can pull something up. Para ver, para ver. Oh, I see. It says uh, the page that you're looking for. It's something. It's missing a page. I don't know what's going on there. I see that error as well. Oh, not it's only for one shirt that it's showing that. For other shirts, it's showing the link. I'll have to ask them what's going on with that particular shirt. But uh, if you check out the shirts, you'll see the link is there. Bridge MCP says, good show. Didn't know about long haulers. And Michael Rudnan says, catch you next time. Folks, I thank you so kindly for being here. I know you have other options. I can't get to all of your messages. But you know, you know, you know. I do care I go through and read them. We are a team. We are a posse. We are going to get things done. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.